guys and welcome to another episode of get home safe it is a baseball edition of the podcast we're talking about the college world series today uh not just me but along uh, along with me today will be my guest uh, a baseball guy someone who's been on the podcast before but uh, we're going to be chatting a lot of baseball today in honor of the college world series the upcoming national championship series between well we're not sure yet we're recording this on thursday there's still one semifinal to go uh thursday afternoon here but uh, whoever wins that game will be playing the Oklahoma Sooners in a best of three national championship series starting Saturday at four o'clock here on the West Coast, Sunday at noon, and if necessary, Monday uh, at four o'clock uh, Pacific time. So uh, a lot of baseball to be had here. I'm going to I'm going to bring on the show today. My friend Sean O'Leary, he's a coach. Uh, umpired a lot of his games when he was umpire, uh, coaching uh, some summer ball stuff. Uh, he's a former college baseball player. He himself played a little bit of a professional baseball as well, kicking around in, uh, you know, various leagues and such kind of like I did uh, on the umpire side of things. But uh, Sean's always fun to talk to regarding uh, baseball. He's got a lot of insight. Uh, we're not just going to talk college world series today we're going to kind of uh you know analyze a little bit of how the game has changed maybe talk a little professional baseball as well i don't know how much time he has i i kind of was uh delaying everything here with my setup just the way technology is sometimes so uh hey that's the way the ball bounces sometimes we're a little delayed but uh anyway let's not waste any more time today's a baseball filled conversation with my buddy sean o'leary and i'm looking forward to uh to bringing him on since i know his time is is very valuable let's bring on mr sean o'leary all right making another appearance on the podcast is my very good friend sean o'leary one-time coach umpire friends hey on and off the field we can all get along, can't we, Sean? What's up, man? Welcome back. Matty boy, how we doing? I'm doing great, man. It's uh, College World Series time. Uh, I'm one of those weird umpires that can actually, like, watch baseball also, although sometimes it gets a little more difficult with the product and such. But, yeah, all is well, man. We got uh, a potential College World Series National Championship Series to talk about. Yeah, do you got the plate tonight or what do you, no, you not, no, no, not at all. Uh, no, 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 no plates. Uh, the plates are behind me for, for a long time. Although that, that may change. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Now, do you have any buddies doing that? Uh, I don't know them this year. Nobody I know directly, but, uh, right. a couple guys that I've met and like, know friends of friends or whatever, uh, that, that sure. I'll say that. And some, uh, some very deserved, you know, the college world series always seems to have a lot of west coast guys uh now which is nice at least two maybe even three or four in like last case uh last year's case so uh the west coast is getting a little love versus uh you know the other parts of the country yeah yeah that's <laughs> <laughs> 
that, yeah, anyway, we could get into everything, but uh, what, what's up, man? You know, uh, I consider you, I have a lot of different friends and uh, guests who come on the podcast. I consider you like uh, my baseball insider, Sean. Uh, you coached it, you coached, you played, uh, you know, you're, you're my baseball guy. Jack of all, master of none, right? Hey, sounds like you could umpire. Somebody's got to do it. Hey, actually, I had a, I came out of retirement uh, halfway through the season this year. Yeah. Oh, was I... a, uh, at Temple City. So I was back uh, doing bullpens two days a week. And uh, unfortunately, I didn't do any games. I couldn't fit that in my schedule. Uh, but yeah, uh, partially out of retirement, I should say. Sure, sure. Well, for those that don't remember, Sean was uh, the head coach of, uh, I don't want to mess this up. Arcadia yeah. Astros. Oh, well, who was the team you were coaching when you guys won CIF a couple years ago? Temple City. TC, right? Okay. You're, yeah. you're, you're alumni. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Alumni. The head coach there is Rob Nelson, who is only the fourth coach in the history of the school. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. And well, you coached the Arcadia Astros. Uh, you played ball at Temple City, uh, played with a lot of great players. And then you coached at Temple City for a few years, won yourself a CIF championship, and then uh, rode off into the sunset. And so you came out of retirement just to kick around in the bullpen for a few weeks? Well, somebody had to work with the pitchers. And so the only days that I could do it uh, and with their schedule being Tuesday, Friday games was Monday, Wednesday. So I was just there at practices to help these guys. And, you know, hopefully I they got something out of it. I did. I got, I got an, I got an hour, an hour break, I guess, to go back. Well, to, uh, you, you, you love baseball. You got a wonderful family. You got a, a very busy job too. Uh, there is for some people a sense of, uh, uh, to get out on a baseball field is, is an escape. It's a really, it's, you almost feel like you're home safe, no pun intended. Uh, right. but you know, it's just, it's a nice place to be. It's hard to, it's hard when you do get away from that baseball field, you kind of get sucked back in one way or another. Yeah. It can be like field maintenance. That's usually how they do it. Like, Hey, we need some uh, help uh, with the dirt or can you come, can you come fix the mound or <laughs> then my wife will be out. You've been watering the field for like an hour. Can you come home now? And it's like, watering man it's watering the grass needs to be green right so, hey have you have you seen field of dreams babe come on right right you got it this is I got uh, paradise corn, i got the corn out in the back 40 though that i've been growing dude so i got my <laughs> i'm trying to get my own corn field going <laughs> oh man i love it sean you first made an appearance when i just started this thing back in 2020 april 16th isn't that tax day that was your first appearance of the uh on the podcast <laughs> yeah good thing i paid my tax <laughs> Uh, that episode was a lot of fun uh, about an hour long knuckleball knowledge uh, i thought uh, appropriate yeah. so if people get a the, you know if they haven't had their fill of you today they can go back and listen to that and see how how much we've changed or how little we've changed because uh, we haven't changed a whole bit just getting older and grayer that's all i got i shaved yeah. off my gray so i look a little younger hopefully uh, okay see this is the only hair growing here i get a little gray here and then i, I you know i shave the dome i'm all I'm all, okay. I'm all in now, you know, I like it. Got to no. rock yeah. it. Got to rock you don't need it. That, you, don't need, you don't need, hey, you know what? I always said this. If I got big, big power alleys right going, if I get those start going back deeper, you know, I start getting to the 375 in the yep. gaps. We're done. That's we're it. Done. I'm with you. Yeah. That, no that's plugs, what it was no, for me. No, no, no plugs or nothing. A man's no. time's a man's time. You cut your hair off when you start to lose it. Amen. You know? Yeah. Before it's too late. Yeah. The power alleys. Absolutely. Yeah. The, those, uh, when it gets to be that uh, that number on a wall, yep, it's time to go. Sorry. Yeah, time to nope. go is right. <laughs> I think, well, I think it has a lot to do with all the hats you got to wear, literally. But, like, I see baseball coaches and umpires, they lose their hair, I think, more quickly 
than like civilians. Cause I think it's the stress on both sides of the job, but that's at least my, uh, my, my con- conspiracy theory. What do you think? Uh, I don't think that's a conspiracy theory. I think that's fact. And then also <laughs> if you throw into the fact that you have your own kids, right? So <laughs> there's a joke with my wife in my household right now that by the time I'm 40, which is in two years, I'll be full gray. And I'm, I got a lot of salt and pepper going right now, man. I had to cut the hair short. Like it was, Hey, but you know what? It is what it is. Yeah. Oh, not to get all political. We'll stay away from this stuff, but it's like those, the presidents, man, when they, when they get in office, if they do go eight years, they look completely different from that first year to the eighth year, or even the fourth year, just the stress of the job and everything. So that's what I want to say that it's like for umpires back there, you know, getting yelled at all the time and coaches, every decision being second guessed, you can't help but lose your hair. No, no. It's, <laughs> unless you're the, unless you're the, the great one, right? <laughs> Not exactly. Sure that guy, that guy looks like he hasn't aged one bit, man. You know, the, the, uh, the, the great one. Yeah. Mr. Gretzky. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. He looks like he's still playing. Still get a few points uh, if he could here and there. Yeah, uh, yeah. Sean, uh, I mean, just as a recap, um, you, you played college ball. You got um, a, a little taste of, uh, you know, pro ball. Um, you know, it's not you're not just some uh, random high school coach. You've been around. You know a lot of guys, uh, a lot of people still involved in baseball. So I definitely trust um, some of your opinions, some of your analysis as my college baseball insider, really. Um, what is your opening statement just to – the game of baseball at any level to me, major league baseball or pro ball just seems like uh, strikeouts and home runs college is a little more strategy. And then high school, I don't even know where to start, but what is your state of the union with baseball in 2022? Uh, where do I start? It's a mess. I mean, plain and simple. It's a mess, right? You have kids now that are more concerned with a launch angle. What is a launch <laughs> angle? No hitter, no hitter, no hitter knows I got to be at a 25-degree angle to hit this pitch. No. It's a, it's, it's a tool that's used on broadcast, right? It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an exotic way of saying, oh, he has an exit velocity of this and a launch angle of that. No kid needs to have that thrown at them. So the game has got to, to me, muddled down, right? So how do you get back to the, the, the way it was when we were younger and watching the game and the, the pro game, the college game? The game that we play, like the fundamentals, I, I, I hate to say it, but the, the get them on, get them over, get them in, catch, throw, learn to bunt, you know, the art of baseball is gone. And I honestly, I think in our lifetime, it's gone for good. It's gone. To, hey, you want to keep politics out of it, right? But it's like this. The shift is either always on the left or it's always on the right, right? I mean, that's, that's beautifully said. Right? <laughs> I mean, when I played, we didn't have shift. You shaded. Your shortstop might shade a step or two in the hole or up the up the middle. But now we got rovers in, in uh, right field. And we got, uh, well, take last night's game, for example, right? Two outs. Yeah, if they lose it, they're going to come back today. But there's nobody on the right side of the field. Why wouldn't you just bunt? You got a left-hander in the box. You tie the game up. You're still playing. You walk to first so, base. I mean, no throw walk. needed. Yeah. You walk. <laughs> you don't, yeah. So, but that's not so glamorous. Stri- so he strikes no, no. out. Or did he? Yeah. 
No, no. But yeah, he popped out. He had an infield hit, and then the, like, the two line, guys he lined out, out to left, right? Lined up. Yeah, right. Lined out. To Even left with two outs, game. like you're saying. Okay. Yeah. So I, it, the way, I'll leave his name out of it. The way it was told to me from a a, a player that's currently playing is that. Sabermetrics has taken over baseball. We've we, we've gone from when we were in school, you had Oakland A's, Billy Bean, right? Moneyball. Well, now Moneyball's become so left or so right, however you want to lo- look at it. So the computer is what's going to tell us what lineup to put out, who to play, where to play them, what to pitch. What I mean, we got catchers now, Matty, with earpieces in. Yeah, at the at the are they doing that in pro ball too, or is that only a college thing? No, so they're doing it in pro ball, and and I didn't know this, but uh, it was like a month ago. If you, I don't know if you caught it, Craig Kimbrell intentionally yes. dropped the ball on the rubber. That's right, with a runner okay. at second base, with two a runner outs. at second base, two outs, dropped the ball on the rubber to move the guy to third base. Now tell me, <laughs> when is the last time, if ever? In a professional, I'm going to drop the ball on the mound so the guy at second doesn't relay my signs because we don't use the earpiece. How about, hey, uh, let's have a meeting at the mound, right? Catcher comes out. Let's go second sign, uh, first sign after the outs. Like, change it up every hitter. We've taken the thinking out of the game. So my state of the union is uh, let's get back to the basics. Let's get back to fundamentals of the art of baseball, how the game was originally played, designed to be played. I, I agree. And I agree also with your statement that um, it's probably gone. It's probably too late because 100%. now technology hardly ever goes backwards. It's always moving forward, uh, whether it's a good direction or not. So there's that. Um, and yeah, I saw that and I couldn't believe it. There was one time in the minor leagues. I actually missed out on this. I had a, I had a wedding to go to. My good friend, Todd Carson, uh, who listens to this show, he he got me out yeah, of this. I know, that I, name. Was, I know that name. You've used that name. He's been on the show. Yeah, he's, he's coached a real hondo for a little while. He's up in uh, Weed, California, uh, coaching high school ball up there. But uh, it was we had our, our Cal League All-Star break. And then we opened with a four game series in Modesto. Well, I could work game one and I could work game four of the series, but I had to be off that Friday and Saturday to go up to the rehearsal dinner, do the, do the, uh, the, uh, the wedding and then come back down for the game. Uh, anyway, I bring this up because, uh, I got out of a situation by me being at this wedding. I missed out on one of the longest games in Cal league history. I got to a point uh, I heard all about this from my partner. It was the 18th inning. They were out of pit pitchers. They had position players pitch, and they literally, when a guy got on base, they literally tried to balk, or they did balk on purpose, to balk him to second, balk him to third, and then the the, com- the competitiveness in the young man said, I'm not balking him, man. He, he actually pitched. He struck the dude out. They played another three innings or something. But anyway, that's the last time I had heard of something like that, to your point. Yeah, can you imagine uh, uh, Bob Gibson of Cardinals saying, uh, "You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna drop the ball," so he goes to third base, and we don't have to just. What's so hard, Sean? You're Mister You're Mister Signal, second or third sign, something. Right. It's. I mean, so so we had the trash can incident, right? So, in the way the game used to be played, somebody was going to get drilled, right? Well, we can't do that anymore, right? The game used to police itself. So now we've taken the trash can incident and, and elaborated how to avoid sign stealing. I hate to tell you, right? But Maddie, you know this, being behind the plate, calling games, playing, playing the game. 
Whoa, that's a that's a got to hydrate right there. Got to hydrate, my friend. Wow, I didn't know you were rolling out a five gallon bucket. (laughs) (laughs) Got to hydrate. Big plate job. No, so uh, you can tell when a pitcher's tipping his pitches. Okay, so there's more involved in baseball, I think, maybe than any other sport. Maybe I'm biased because I know baseball, right? Or claim to know baseball, but I look at it, I, I, the way I tell my pitchers, if a hitter's going to stand on the plate or up in the box, what's he looking for? Okay. Where's his strength and weaknesses? If he's on the plate, where are you going to pitch him? Okay. His barrel's not going to be on the inside half of the plate. Okay. He's off the plate. Where are you going to pitch him? Well, the same applies to the pitcher. You see so many guys now that they're, 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 they, they point their finger on a, on a fastball or they grab their glove on an off-speed pitch their gloves slightly tilt. Those are all the things that we were told in college to watch for. When you're down in the bullpen or in the dugout, that's what we watched. And if you got hot, meaning if you, if you had five pitches in a row, you went and told the coach, Hey, I got the guy. Okay. Sit right here. Call it. And then you gave verbals out to the hitters. Some guys didn't want them. Some guys did, but to take the thinking process away, I think is, and even to the college now, now what you're doing to that catcher in college is he really even knowledgeable going, hey, why is my coach calling this 2-0 changeup and not a 2-1 slider, right? He's just a robot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it's no piece. different than going to Del Taco and saying, I'd like a number two, please, right? Okay, <laughs> you're, you're number two, sir. Thanks for coming, right? Yeah. I mean. That's it. That's all you're doing. No, I, I remember hearing when the earpiece started in the, in the college game, there was a lot of uh, – organizations in the big leagues that said this is not helping catchers develop at all no i mean arkansas had it last night i don't know about if auburn was using it too but arkansas or old miss old miss auburn i think used it the other day old miss i wasn't sure if they were using it but arkansas was so i yeah. mean well well there's so much to unpack there and here we are just so everyone knows uh old miss and arkansas is starting right now uh, here on thursday the uh the last uh ticket punch to the the world series final and we'll get to all this here. So I'll have this on in the background a little bit, but uh, Sean, to, to your, to your point you made about pick, picking up tendencies, uh, picking, picking signs. That is part of the game. Um, to me, you see it a lot more at the college game. I think you see it in the pro game as well. It's just more discreet college coaches and players. They'll, they'll do and say stuff that almost lets the other team know that they have the signal or that they have their signs or whatever. Like, you know, as the pitcher's delivering, they'll say, hit it if it's a fastball. And it's it's quick. They have to do it just quickly. But And that's how fights and stuff start in college game. Whereas I think in pro ball, it's kind of like, hey, keep this a secret that we know something is going on. Don't let them know that that, that we know. Uh, and try to get as many uh, singles and doubles as you can while doing it. Yeah, and I think in the pro ball, too, there's so much advanced scouting, guys changing teams, right? So that that information gets passed along. I mean, if you think back to uh, Frank Robinson, he was managing the Nationals, and they were playing the Angels, and I forget the pitcher, right? But they accused him of having pine tar in the glove. Well, there was a trade or a free agent deal where they – Brandon Donnelly. Yeah, whoever the the Angel was ended up on the Nationals or something like that. Something was made apparent in Frank Robinson. So – all that information gets passed around, but the simple, if you were a run, if you had a runner at second base and you're the hitter and you had the pitcher, you know, if the, if the runner at second looked over his left shoulder fastball, if it looked over his right, it was off speed. I mean, simple. There's a right way and a wrong way. If you got a guy picked how to go about it, like you're saying, you're not going to yell, Hey, line drive. Fastball, yeah. Line drive. You're not going to, you don't want to, 
you want to be discreet about it. And that's where I think the game has gone to the complete left or right, however you want to look at it. Yeah. Of, we got to take it all away. Well, you're not going to be able to take it all away is my point because the pitcher, how he hunches over on a fastball, how he does on a curve. There are so many different camera angles now that you can dissect every little minuscule thing to find a tendency, right? Whether it's good or bad. And, and that's the, that's one of the biggest things in baseball that people don't understand. I don't know if it was, you hear these big league stories on the broadcast or you hear interviews about Pete Rose or whatever uh, and guys are screwing around in the dugout and he's like, Hey, you know, you're not, you're not watching the game. You might learn something if you watch the game. It's just the patience in baseball is, is unlike any other sport, maybe golf, but like it's figuring a chess out. Yes. Yes. It's not just go up there and swing hard and then sit around for, for, for an hour until your next at bat. There's so much more going on. And I always try to express that to people um, because baseball does have that naturally throw a pitch. Okay. Wait about 20 seconds. Like, what are we going to do? And then again, it's that natural get up, sit down constant thing throughout a game. And it's like, if you pay attention, there's a lot of things going on. Well, here's the, th- the other night they had a, they had a warning, right? There was a warning issued on the 22nd violation in between pitches or something. Right. So that's college baseball. Take college basketball and March madness. Is that not complete chaos? I mean, it's exciting, but it's chaos, but you can't have that on a baseball field. You can't have every sport has to be its own entity, its own way of playing it. Like baseball is chess. Okay. Basketball in college is a completely different animal than it is on football. Right. So uh, I don't I mean, to me, if you're going to have replay, if you're going to have all this technology, then do it for everything. You should be able to replay everything. Um, You know, it's not going away, like you said, and I agree with you 110 percent. And sadly, the technology part is is, well, blame it on COVID or not. But like even the transfer portal stuff that they got going on now, I mean, I just read a Texas guy has entered the portal. One day after being eliminated, he entered the portal. I mean, it's like, yeah, I, I want to be traded. What? Like, yeah, no, it's, it's really going to screw up college sports. I think in five, 10 years, even we won't even be able to recognize college sports. Um, Sean, while we're kind of on the baseball stuff, uh, you know, the, the inside of the game and everything. Uh, one of the reasons I like uh, the college game is that it, it, I don't know, there seems to be a little more fire, sometimes too much fire. Um, you know, this last year, uh, season, I should say, especially with a team like Tennessee, um, they got a bad rap for kind of being a little too emotional. Uh, what in your opinion is the fine line with, uh, you know, you're dealing with, with grown men versus, versus college kids or whatever, where is that fine line of, of being happy? You hit a home run celebrating maybe, but not overdoing it and crossing a line. I think it's already been crossed. I mean, it, it there, the, you know, I was the old school way of uh, the way I was coached and taught to respect the game and the word respect the game to, and I'm not knocking the, the players of today because it's what they see, right? It's on the TV, the bat flips, the celebration. It's the second inning and you hit a solo Jack. Okay. Good job. <laughs> I mean, right. I, you hit a double and then we're, 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 we're shaking, we're rolling, we're rolling dice. We're throwing, uh, what are we doing? Are we, I, I, I get it. You're excited, but it's, a, it's, it's, it could be four or nothing in the eighth and you're chasing four and you hit a double and you're that that's just drives me nuts when dudes are down I, I, by a lot I, I, and they I, start. I, I, I know I probably sound like the Grinch or something, <laughs> but um, you know, if you go Warren Morris and you walk off in the college world series, you celebrate. 
Joe Carter, go ahead. Game seven World Series. Right. You know, he never probably right. celebrated one celebrated any time like that before in his life. No, go, go crazy. No, yeah. I mean, you're David Freeze, the same thing. There's moments, but to to tell the kids today or the, the young men today of how it was, I don't think a lot of them want to hear how it was. They, they, yeah. They're more into how it is. And, I, and sadly, I mean, you look at some of these coaching vacancies. I know we're straying off the, the, the topic, but some of the coaching vacancies that are open out there, it's kind of like, well, who would you go to? Well, in a perfect world, there's, there's guys you'd go to, but I think you got to find a, the guy who is the middle of the road kind of guy. He's going to ride the, he's not going to shift left or right. Right. He's going to mm-hmm. ride the fence where he can, he can have control of those players of today and still instill the old traditional values of the game. But I, 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 I don't see it. I see that being more of a, of a battle uh, going forward, I mean, whether you're talking about high school uh, you're talking about college. I mean, you got sombreros being put on in the dugouts. You got shopping carts or laundry baskets being in big league dugouts after they score a run or sell it. I yeah. mean, it's like, I, I you know, I, I just, what happens when that laundry basket flips over? Remember, here, here's the deal, right? Kendry Morales. Remember him? Angels. Mm-hmm. Jumped on home plate, broken leg, done. celebrating right we celebrated too much and a guy got hurt now we're now we're bringing in props i mean what what where do you draw the line and there's just something to be said about like i mean have some i don't know some awareness have some type of decent like i was watching i was hanging out with bill barnes the other day watching we watched a little bit of the angel game and the angels are you know terrible and below five whatever they hit a home run and they're throwing this cowboy hat around and jumping around the dugout i'm like what are you guys doing I mean, it must be nice making millions to play a kid's game. And, and now you get to throw a cowboy hat on for, for doing your job. I don't get it. I don't get it at all. Yeah. And that, and again, it's kind of like if you're, and I think that's where uh, not being in the dugout, but a guy like Joe Madden, I mean, guy was an angel lifer, right? I mean, in the dugout when they won the world series, Socha's right-hand man finally gets a gig in Tampa, but has the game passed him by? I mean, baseball knowledge that guy probably knows more than anybody else in that dugout and can offer a hell of a lot but with today's culture i mean what does a manager have control of honestly true you know i mean uh, and i think that's that's the direction the game's gone and i think it's and i remember you and barnsey talking about this and uh, about sellout crowds or people going to the games and how that they don't care if you show up and that's the fact that's true right tv revenue is what generates that so as long as people are watching and if they're creating that oh that that little kid sitting at home watching the game sees his favorite player put on a cowboy hat or hop in a laundry basket or do something cool i mean what's next we're getting fourth of july is coming is a guy going to shoot off a roman candle when he hits a home run or something i mean it i don't know i, I sound yeah. like the grinch but I just think there's a respect that you have to have for the game past and present. Oh, you know? amen to that. I mean, overnight you and I have become the old men in baseball and I'm always told, Oh, you're like a 60 year old man. I'm like, yeah, I know. I know. I've always been a 60 year old man for the most part, but uh, I don't know the game. People always talk to me, all oh, the game's changing. And it's like, no, it isn't. It's changing. But like when someone bat flips you, you guys are the first ones to throw tantrums and be like, hey, hey, stick your chest out and be like, hey, come on, you man, you're overdoing it. And then the answer, rather than settle that, is to, well, we're going to do it too. It, it, to me, 
the kids game has become a lot more childish uh, at the adult level uh, with all the, all these antics. I mean, I love playing with passion, but a Tennessee guy flipping off the outfielders as he's, as he's running into second base, that's completely unacceptable. Oh, sportsmanship, right? I mean, yeah. you know, like, like uh, in little league, you learn the little league prayer, right? I, I trust in God, love my country, you know, all that. And then that those values kind of, I guess, over time have slipped away, right? Of what, what it's meant to just play a kid's game, right? So now, you, like you said, you have grown men making millions of dollars that are supposed to be role models, right? Whether they like it or not, are supposed to be role models. And whether you want to poo-poo the fact of what they're doing as a, as an act or a show or a celebration, is it the the question I guess I'm asking you is it is it the game that's changing or the people that control the game that's changed the game? Yeah. And I would say that it's the people changing the culture and changing. I mean, you think back to Ken Griffey Jr. wearing his hat backwards when we were kids, right? Yeah. I mean, he was the only one that wore his hat backwards. You didn't wear your hat backwards, right? Only yeah. the kid wore his hat backwards. You know, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's just it's it's kind of like a flash in the pan kind of thing where you see these baseball players now. There's no, uh, you know, the Derek Jeters, the Chipper Jones that stay with one team, the Calderon Juniors. I mean, if you, for example, I ask kids today, how many, how much baseball do you guys watch? Well, I watch highlights. Well, what'd you see? Oh, I saw uh, Cody Bellinger hit a home run. I, oh, did you see him strike out five other times before that? Uh, just swinging, the same swing. You know, can can. Can Tony Gwynn play in today's game? How about Pete Rose? How about Ricky Henderson? Greg Maddox, can he pitch in today's game? I mean, that you're talking about Hall of Famers. That Do they fit in an organization today? And that goes I back to the technology. I mean, name a pure hitter in baseball right now. A pure hitter. Can you? Is, is Trout? What do you think? I mean, maybe Mike Trout or no? I guess he, uh, Trout he... would be the Trout, – Trout to me and maybe like Trey Turner – yeah, uh, Trey Turner for I mean, sure. He, he consistently has a high average. I mean, but it's not sexy, right? It's not cool. There's no launch angle with Tony Gwynn, right? It was just <laughs> foul line to foul line. I'm just going to hit 400 because I can, right? I mean, I yeah. worked at it. Well, guys ask him, you know, if, if they threw the shift on Tony Gwynn, what would he hit? It'd be like, well, he would have just gone the other way all day and, and hit probably 600. Like well, the, the back control, the lack of striking out, just making contact. So you talked about like the strikeouts and stuff in baseball and it, what I have a problem with with baseball is there's a few guys that I've coached that have, that, that have gotten the opportunity to play at the next level. And when they've been moved apart or moved away or sent away or traded or whatever, however you want to look at it because they strike out too much or whatever. But if you look at it as a whole in baseball, strikeouts are like acceptable now. Right. I mean, to a certain percentage, strikeouts are acceptable. So I guess the game has become more of a, a video game, it really, right? I mean, it's, <laughs> Wait, not, it's there's funny, no, yeah. if you were to ask a kid, if you were to ask a kid, hey, what does manufacturing a run mean? I've done it. I did it a few weeks ago. What does manufacturing a run mean? And they, they, they have no clue what you're saying. No. <laughs> now, I don't, I don't blame, I don't blame the coaching, I don't blame the parent. It's what's in front of them today. What are they seeing? Right. And that's, they're not seeing a manufactured. No. Right. Dave Roberts, does he manage the same way he played? Nope. Not a not shot. At all. 
No, and I he was actually one of the guys because he was a Dodger too. He was a guy I loved to watch because he wasn't a home run guy. He'd get on base, he'd bunt. Uh, Maury Wills. Maury Will, um, yeah, that's who he was, right? Absolutely. No, it, it's there's no doubt. I mean, yeah, I think we get infatuated. Now, look at I never hit a home run in my life. I'm sure it feels really good. It's probably the one thing in sports that is like. Ooh, I got you more than anything else because in football, someone's got to block and throw it basketball, you, you know, screens and this and that, but baseball it's man on man. And if I hit a home run off, you hit a ball 400 feet, that's gotta be the best feeling in sports. But again, there's way more th- Barry bonds. hit 73 in one season. That's uh, that's not even one every game. There's a lot more. You get five other at bats every game. Uh, he was getting walked a lot, but there's so much more than the home run ball, but now it's live or die, uh, live or die with it, with all that now. Oh yeah. Yeah. It, it, and it's feast or famine, but it depends on who you are. And that's yeah. where I think you, what you're telling, what you're telling people that actually pay attention to the game. And I say, pay attention, not just surface level dive in deep. Yeah. If it's okay for Cody Bellinger and I'm not knocking the guy to hit two Oh three and strike out. 50% of the time, 40 or pretty close. But the other guy that plays outfield too, that hits a little bit higher than he does, or just about the same at strike. How is it okay for one and not okay for the other? You know what I mean? And I yeah. guess that comes down to, well, we're paying this guy X amount of money. So it becomes down to the almighty dollar, right? Yeah. So if he, if he can hit as many home runs as the, as the many millions will pay guy, $30 million a year guy, we need at least 30 home runs out of him. I mean, that's kind well, of what it boils down to. You know, a few years back, Harold Reynolds had a best, best, best idea. And I know it related to PEDs and stuff, and you take money off the table. If you really want to fix baseball or fix any sport, incentive-based contracts is what it should be, right? I mean, what is Mickey Mantle making today? What does Bob Gibson make today's game? Hmm. I mean, what are, they, what are those guys making? What's Babe Ruth making? I mean, if you think about it, what it's outlandish, right? And I'm not... <laughs> whatever (laughs) let's move on to the transfer portal it's all good no one last thing with with like analytics and everything first of all the oakland a's when they did Moneyball, it was all you know hey just get on base find a way we don't you know they they didn't want to strike out like they their analytics almost seemed okay pretty productive two strikes yeah 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 work the count this and that uh and, and somehow i don't know if i mean so analytics back then it separated them it elevated them now we're like uh, hey, only swing at fastball or whatever. Like uh, the the shift, I know, is rather controversial, and you probably have a, a couple different opinions on it. Um, some people think it's bad for the game, good for the game. Where do you stand on the shift, three infielders to one side? Well, it's bad for the game if you expose it. It's good. Right now, it's bad, but if you expose it, it's good because what it does, it goes back to the game being played as the game was designed to be played. Hit it where they ain't, right? Yeah. <laughs> this is very simple. Like, to me, the, the ability to use the shift on the defensive side, I try to look at it on both sides of the ball. If you're d- defensively, you're putting some thought and strategy into where the hitter hits the ball. So I'm all for it there. And when hitters go up there, and I know uh, I don't, who's a, who's a big-time power hitter in the league. I don't even know. Uh, it isn't supposed to uh, – you know, he's not supposed to bunt, but – People are literally handing you uh, trips to first base and nobody does anything about it. To me, that's, that's the atrocity, not, oh, well, he, he, he hit into a, uh, he hit the ball in the right field and it was a ground out. Like, 
No, <laughs> you well, saw where they were standing. Here, here's the here's the sad part about it, right? And I and I don't get to watch as much by choice too, but you know, having a young family, I don't get to watch the amount of baseball I used to watch, right? But when I do turn it on, there was a game, and I forget who was playing, but it's the ninth inning and the winning runs at second base and the tying runs at third base and there's a shift on where the third baseman is playing in the five hole <laughs> help me understand if you're trying to win the game defensively and offensively if there's no third baseman is it okay to bunt or has the bunt been is that an unwritten rule you can't, can't bunt or you can't just hit a little c nice single anymore like i mean you're wanting to win the game right so then at the end of the season you you come in second place you don't make the playoffs because you lost one game. Well, that game on April 1st mattered then, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The game of July 2nd mattered that had you not been in a shift or that routine ground ball because you were shifted cost you the no hitter or caught, gave up a run. I mean, I I remember Kershaw, he was a little apprehensive about the shift a few years ago, right? I mean, the routine ground balls and that were supposed to be outs or should have been outs. What would Ozzie Smith do at the shift today? Oh, man. <laughs> he hit 800. <laughs> yeah. And he wasn't, he didn't have much of a bat at all. Like he, he was like, you're going to shift on me. Okay. Thank you. Appreciate yeah. you. So we're still, I, and then stolen base too. the stolen base. That's the other thing too. If the shift, if you're, if you're in a shift, how are you not stealing? Right. Oh, I, I know. Mean, if, what, what the hit runs gone. Now you're taking, if you're in a shift and there's no second baseman, who's covering the bag. Okay. I guess the shortstop is playing behind second, but you're telling me that the, I mean, I'm watching games where the first baseman's not holding in a situation you would hold. Yeah. And we're not stealing. So no, uh, I know <laughs> it's too risky. You're risking out there. It's like, man, uh, first of all, to, to your, I mean, when, when you win games, everybody wins. I guarantee if, if you win a bunch of games, you go to a world. You, when your, your team is successful, guess what? You'll end up making more money in the long run. I got to imagine. So, you know what? It's okay to bunt to win a game. It's okay. You know, uh, eh, it all, it all drives me crazy. Let's, let's chat a little bit about the college game while we can, um, how much of the College World Series uh, have you been able to, to watch? We're down to three teams right now. Um, to me, there's been kind of like a lot of blowouts and a lot of long balls. Yeah, and I remember, you know, the old Rosenblatt, right? That was kind of like the launch pad, right? I mean, the yeah. ball would go back back in the day of uh, like even Will Clark and Palmero at Mississippi State and, and uh, Pat Burrell. And, I mean, so – in theory, I guess, I don't know what the data shows as far as the home runs, how much they've gone up over the years and stuff, but um, I've watched enough to see that I can tell what we've just been talking about has transferred down to the college level, not just a little bit, a lot, right? Yeah. And uh, I mean, even to the point of you want to become a free agent kind of thing. So the home runs in college, I think, um, I think it, it it's a double-edged sword, right? You got pitchers that are all up in the the spin rate stuff and pitch execution and missing their spots. Uh, and you got good hitters and good players too, right? So um, I think it's just a, what do you want to call it? What would a math guy, an outlier, right? I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. You know the, I don't know as a, as a, as the whole season, if you were to take the, you know, every conference in division one baseball, how many home runs they were hit, you know, uh, over the year that I don't know. Um, I will tell you, uh, you know, at Wrigley field, if the wind's blowing out more than 15 miles an hour, you better bet the over. (laughs) Well, of (laughs) course, but like in in the, 
in this year alone, I think they've already shattered. This was, this was before they almost even got to Omaha. Uh, they, the home runs hit in the NCAA tournament. I mean, they shattered the record that was set a couple years ago. Um, you know, when 2011, I think it was, they changed the bats significantly and there was like no home runs. Then they brought in the, uh, the, as I always mess it up, BB core or the Besser. Uh, but, uh, whatever era it is now, the bats are a lot more lively. I don't know what the, if the baseballs are juiced or not, but all I know is, uh, it's tough to pitch against metal bats, but man, we've seen a ton of home runs, especially in the college world series, man. It's been ping, 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 uh, left and right all day. Yeah, and I think it, if you really want to solve that, if you're professional baseball and you, they, I know they're dabbling in the college game, they have been, go to the composite wood, right? I mean. Now, basically, is that just wood that won't break? So basically, it's a, it's a, it's a, your real wood bat, but it's got, it's wrapped basically in fiberglass. Okay. So, you know, that, that's the whole thing is like the cost of the bats or something like that, but. I mean, I, I've seen high schoolers with brand new bats that take three swings and the thing breaks in half. I mean, that. <laughs> so, I mean, again, technology, right? We talked about it. it. I think it's transferred over to the bats and what materials are being used. I, I, I get the whole BB core. They tried to weight it the same, you know, with the minus three ratio stuff. But um, you could say, okay, the balls are juiced or whatever. But um, I think it's talent, right? You got talented players, you know. Sure. Um, I don't think that's changing. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. And it's not to say like, there's a ton of guys that are hitting for average and, but there's guys, I mean, just crushing the ball. Now uh, I thought, you know, going into this 18 final, I said, man, Texas and Stanford, those are the two best offenses I've seen. I thought for sure they would make a run. Both of them went zero and two, two and Q shows you what I know. But uh, I mean, they had an incredible lineup top to bottom, at least Stanford did. And then uh, uh, Texas had the, the best player in the country, but that just goes to show you, uh, baseball, especially when you're down to the final eight, anything can happen. And the best players sometimes are eliminated early. Yeah. And I, I, I think that that's sports, right? That's why we watch sports. That's why we love sport, any sport, really. I mean, you think about over the years, professional sports teams, uh, the 2002 angels, were they the best team? Not on paper, right? They got it done. They, uh, so they got teams are getting hot at the right time. Players get hot at the right time or guys cool off at the wrong time. Um, I think that's the that's the one thing about baseball that is different than other sports. I mean, uh, you you can go five for five one game, and the next game you're zero for four. You know, ride the roller yeah. coaster. Um, Mo- momentum is real, absolutely. Just ask, just ask Ole Miss, man. They were the they were the last team to get in the tournament, number sixty four, and here they are, one win away from uh, being in the national championship series. Same with Oklahoma; they won the Big Twelve tournament, but uh, they've gotten hot at the right time and, and looked unstoppable. So. Uh, we're, we're looking at a pretty good college world series, uh, a preview or uh, the finals here. Um, you know, Sean, some people out here on the West, they get tired of seeing the sec continue to uh, show up in Omaha and, and win national championships. What do you make of it? Is the sec, do they just care more, put more resources in? Um, well, I think you could, you could say there's eating or not cheating, right. Or what's, <laughs> What's other, what's, fa- uh, other factors? Yeah. I, so when I, when I was in the college, I, I went to Cal State, I played baseball there and we were in the college world series. And I bring this up because we were in the college world series of Montgomery, Alabama. And for me, that's the first time actually being in sec territory. Okay. And we practiced 
at uh, Alabama, Birmingham, I think is where we practiced or whatever it was the school, but we played at the AA Biscuits Field. Oh, nice. In the South, in Alabama, you were either Alabama or Auburn. And now I was just a guest, <laughs> right? I, we were just there to play. But in that state, it's, and it's so much different than it is out here of UCLA and USC. It is it's life and death there, right? It's, I think they, their, fan, their professional sports is their college sports. Yeah. I think that's why the SEC is so strong on every level, basically, is because of that, right? Uh, I mean, you go back to when we were in school, the SEC wouldn't recruit California kids because why are you going to get a California kid to leave? Where I think now you're getting kids in every sport. Yeah, I want to go there, right? I mean, facilities are nice. They got nice uniforms, whatever it may be, education too. But I just think that's their strength. Well, well, you know all the baseball schools out here. And I mean, let's just look at California. What school in California draws the most in attendance? I, I, I don't even know who that would well, be. <laughs> we're talking now. Yeah. I, I mean, mean 20, 20 years ago, I mean, 20 years ago, I would, I, I would have said Fullerton, right? Uh, that would well, be yeah. Most- so, but to my point, probably Fullerton, maybe the most popular program in, in just Southern California, we'll say, um, I mean, a, a big crowd for them is 3,500. Sean, right. SEC, they're getting, they're getting 10,000 on, on Tuesday. I mean, right. that's the difference. There, there's, See, there's the, so the, many. The difference is, Maddie, and like, uh, I don't know if you ever caught that ESPN 30 for 30 they did on, on Mississippi State with Palmero and Will Clark, right? Yeah. That was a great, great oh. episode, right? But they actually, you know, they barbecue before the it's it's a it's a whole it's football, it's professional football in California. How tailgating is? They tailgate for every sport in the South, right? The SEC. That's I think that's their professional sport. I get it. The Braves are in Georgia. You know, you got professional teams. You got Texas and stuff. But a, as a whole, their fan base is based around college sports. Whereas in California, yeah, 20 years ago, SC was our football, right? Yeah. That was oh, professional yeah. football. There was no professional football team here. So there's so many other distractions or other interests that get people in California, you know, professional sports wise, but um, there's no Hollywood out in the SEC. <laughs> no, no, you got that right. And today, today I was I'm driving, doing my Uber stuff in the morning and I ended up down in, uh, in Laguna or where was it? Newport beach. I picked up this guy at a hotel, drove him down to Laguna beach. We started talking and he had a Southern accent and he said, yeah, well, I'm in town. Never been to California. I wanted to go see, uh, go see Laguna beach. My wife is, has a conference or something here. He says, but I got to find a sports bar bar. My hogs are on at one o'clock. And I'm like, Oh, the college world's serious. So even when these people travel on vacation, they're paying attention to their sports teams. Uh, you know, in this case, the Arkansas Razorbacks possibly going to the college world series finals. So, I mean, that's just different when we, the rest of us out here, we go on vacation, we unplug, but in the South, like you said, it's life or death. It's not life or death. It's a little bit more. Right. (laughs) It's kind of like you're born, uh, you're born in Alabama. You're either born a Crimson Tide or you're uh, an Auburn Tiger. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's it. Um, and I think, and I have some friends that are from, from Alabama and that's basically, that's how it is. I mean, that's just the way it is way of life there. And, um, you know, I, you, 
I would like to see that more in California, but I don't think you're ever going to get that. You know, you get your, uh, we're too, um, I mean, you look at the Lakers. Everybody was a Laker fan when they won. Now I'm not calling everybody a homer, right? But uh, <laughs> California, they like winners, right? New York, they like winners. So I, I think that's what draws is if you're winning, you're going to get people there. In the South, it doesn't, they, they, they're there. That's their foundation is their fan base. Yeah. And they take the losses personal. I mean, they're going to show up and cheer you on that, you know, that they're going to be hard on you as well. And uh, yeah, man, I've talked to umpires who've gone to work regionals in those parts of the country. And, and they've said, there's like, people are pretty ruthless. (laughs) Oh yeah. It's a big deal. So uh, how'd you guys finish when you were in that college world series back in uh, Alabama? You're, we finished, uh, we finished third in the third in the nation. Oh, nice. So, you know, you know, Oh, they, they lost to Tampa in the finals. One more time. So you, we froze got, for a, you froze for a Georgia, second. Say again. So university of Tampa won it and Georgia Southern beat us to play Tampa in the finals. We lost to Tampa first game. That was our opening night game. Oh, so, okay. That Tampa Bay program is always really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Always there, really good. Um, that was Sean, a great experience. Oh, I can't imagine just practicing in the, you know, in Alabama, just get out there and playing ball and seeing different environments and everything. When I got to go see the college world series in 2008, it's still the coolest sporting event I've ever been to college world series might in fact be my favorite sporting event. Uh, I I'd like to go back in a few years. Cause I remember as a kid, you know, I, I baseball, I didn't love that much, but I always, I saw the college world series pop on and I was always like, Oh, the college world college baseball is never on tv they actually actually televise this stuff all right (laughs) yeah let's just oh the final eight cool this is very neat and uh and so forth but like yeah did did you always kind of pay attention to the college world series when you were a kid or was it all big league baseball no i did yeah just for that reason right because it was like it's never on and you know going back to uh the days of when espn first came out right that was um the early 80s or late 70s early 80s and they started televising college baseball that was different for me because it's like well i only knew professional baseball or professional sports um and seeing that these younger guys adults that you're one day going to be that i want to i want to play in that stadium i want to i want to go to that school okay what is all this so um i think technology's done a, a lot to serve justice to the college baseball as far as the ESPN plus all that stuff, I'm not giving them a plug, but I'm just saying uh, the streaming stuff that you can do, right. Uh, as far as watching them every game that you can do, whereas back in the day, even when I was there playing, we didn't have our games on the internet radio. I mean, we you either came or you, you know, you didn't, that was it. There was no TV. So I think, I think uh, we're, where it changed me was SC, the 98 team in SC. Um, I'm trying to remember some of those guys that were on that team. Mark Obviously, Pro, nah, yeah. Oh, Etherton, right after. Seth Etherton was on the pitcher. Um, I'm trying to think who else was on that team. But uh, seeing Gillespie, it being, it, it being a California team. And, then, and then, then you started to see the Fullertons. Right. Yeah. It was California schools. I'm like, okay, now it brought light to the college game. So, um, 
I think Etherton was on that team. Prior, I think, might have been there. Trying to think of who some of the other guys were. Um, but take two. Okay, the tarp is now off the field. We had a brief rain delay, Sean O'Leary, but I think we're good to go here. Uh, I don't, we cut out when we were talking USC baseball from the 98 team. Uh, I'll let you continue your thoughts. Sorry about the rain delay. Oh, you're good. I just was trying, we were trying to think of like guys on the team. And I know you said prior, I said Etherton and I was trying to, um, think of some guys on that team, but I can't, I'm drawing a blank. So no, they were some of your listeners are probably yelling out names right now. Yeah. Oh, the Trojans, that was the last team, the good team they had. And it was, they beat Arizona state 21 to 14. That much I do remember. Yeah. Football score. 21 to 14. That's when they're like, we got to change these bats. (laughs) So with, with college baseball, Sean, like, like we were saying, the California teams, they've been kind of inconsistent. Fullerton, uh, my alma mater, you know, I hate to say it, but they're kind of not what they used to be. Um, they've taken kind of a step back. Now, I know Coach Dietrich, it's only been one year. Um, I, I'm confident in him to kind of get things back in order there. But there's a lot of elements now in college baseball, specifically the transfer portal, which is a huge one. Also, name, image, and likeness. But the transfer portal portal is causing all kinds of problems of its own yeah that's like a 405 freeway that's a that's <laughs> that's a traffic jam that uh so they got three thousand players in the portal three thousand three thousand nationwide just baseball wow according according to a report i read so okay um so what that means is that uh let's say you decide you're going to transfer you want to enter the portal you have the option of pulling back if your previous school will take you back. Now, you do run the risk of having your no scholarship and you becoming a walk-on going back, or you can find uh, a team, or if, I should say a team, a program that wants you that doesn't have to necessarily offer you anything. You can be a walk-on transfer as well. So there's money on the table. And far as an education goes, that's going to be different but they have a deadline of July 1st that they have to decide whether they stay, if their original program will take them back or move on. Uh, and then they have eligibility if they can go to a junior college. Cause you got seven years uh, freshman right now playing college baseball there. I think they're like 35 right now. Some of them. Wow. So <laughs> I'm joking about the age, but yeah, no, I, I know if you had a little eligibility left, you might make a run there. That knuckleball yeah. it's, it still yeah, breaks, doesn't it? <laughs> Yeah, on occasion. <laughs> on occasion, just don't know where. Uh, you know, I don't know how coaches are going to do it, man. July 1st, the deadline, and then the, the draft has now been pushed into the middle of July. I actually like the draft later, but when you throw in the, the transfer portal, uh, we talked about hair loss already. These coaches, how do you manage this? I mean, how do you manage who you're going to keep, who you're going to lose? Do you look at transfers yourself? Oh, man, I, I mean, that's got to be the hardest part of the job these days. So I think, uh, to my knowledge, um, from what I understand is that you're there, it's a tool, right? So maybe you can find a need, right? So we were talking earlier about saber metrics and stuff. Now this has become a tool for college baseball coaches that if they can fill a need, whether it be like a left-handed bat or a position guy or a guy on the mound that they need, that they don't have, they can fill a void. It's good for the portal where it becomes bad going forward is obviously with the COVID deal, you got guys that were a freshman that are still playing as a freshman that were a freshman in 2020 
they're still playing as a freshman in 22 because of two years of no, no baseball. So basically the, the, the portal is going to stay uh, from what I understand. It's not going anywhere. So eligibility becomes an issue where now major league baseball, in my opinion, could fix it is the draft, right? That the draft opens up spots for, uh, for programs uh, scholarship wise. I think it's 11 and a half. I think maybe I think it's 11 and a half or 12 and a half scholarships per program, right? 11.7. So there you go. There's my math. <laughs> 0.7. Yeah. I don't know how to come up with that. So, and you're cutting that up, that pie, you're going to cut up for 26 guys, right? So, you know, that's the, you're, you're, you're basically playing craps, right? They're at the craps table, hoping to get a diamond in the rough. And then you're hoping that you don't have guys sign that say, Hey coach, I'm going to stay. I'm not going to get drafted. All right. Even if I get drafted, I'm going to, I'm going to stay. Cause now what do you do? The portal's closed. Now you got to fill it with guys that you have incoming, you know? So it's strenuous uh, getting back to the Fullerton. I think, I think you will see Fullerton back. And this is my prediction. You will see Fullerton back relevant. They're, they will overtake the big West again. Two years. For Two years. sure. 2024. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 2024, you're going to see Fullerton baseball back the way we remembered it. Okay. Relevant, relevant, strong. Uh, you know, the Fullerton of old, I should say. Sure. Is, it'll be, it'll be back. Yeah. That's uh, you heard it here first. I'm going to, let's see. Uh, June 23rd of 2022. <laughs> we're going to, we're going to uh, pencil the, or pen, pen this in and, and we'll remember this. And here's my prediction for USC baseball head coach. Ooh. Troy Tulowitzki. Wow. That is interesting. The former big leaguer, former Long Beach State, All-American. Um, All-star in the big coach leagues. at University of Texas. What do you make of that? I mean, I know he's a big leaguer, former big leaguer. You know, when some of these, you see some of these guys become volunteer assistants in college. And he's been there at Texas for a couple of years now. Um, whether you're ready or not, I think Troy has his credentials speak for themselves, but a lot of these schools are going after former big league players who show a little interest in coaching. What do you make of the whole volunteer assistant and former big leaguers, leaguers being coaches? So I know I read a thing that Houston street is the one that set that up. The ex Longhorn oh. himself. He's the one that set that up. Um, I think Houston, when he got done, he was actually pitching coach there or doing a volunteer thing as well. Um, I think guys that want to coach, like I, I saw an interview he did uh, just recent. Uh, I don't know if you saw that too with uh, Kevin Millar and how he, he just has a passion to coach in the college game right now. And I think you get a name, like we'll say SC, they get a splash for a football coach. I think you make a splash like that for baseball where Troy Chulewitzki is a name that's still relevant with kids playing today. And he surrounds himself with, with veteran coaches that know all the legality stuff. Uh, the compliance and stuff as far as recruiting goes. I, I don't know. I mean, that's kind of a win-win situation, you know? Well, yeah. And to me, like you said, with football and USC, you know, them making a big splash, I think their athletic department kind of hit rock bottom and they are on a, a steep uh, incline now to climb out of that. And I think uh, I could see them making a big splash uh, as a hire there because they've had a ton of swing and a misses uh, with their baseball program. To me, I do not understand how the University of Southern California has pretty much been dormant 
in college baseball for over 20 years when they are the program with the most national titles. Uh, they have twice as many as anyone else does. Yeah, and, and think about that. They last won in 98. That was probably the last year they were relevant. And they still hold the most titles, right? Yeah. So uh, that's, that's, that's amazing in itself. Now, how do you get back to that? I think you got to start from the ground up. And I think, I mean, obviously Santa Barbara's doing well in baseball. And I know that's kind of central California, I guess you want to call it, not very much Southern, but as far as UCLA, they, they, they've kind of taken the, taken the reins a little bit, right. Um, being relevant, they're still relevant. Um, but as far as a whole, I mean, you talk about San Diego state SC, uh, or their pitch coach is a young guy that um, Dietrich had at Irvine, both of those guys. So I think that's where you're going to see the college game go is, is younger guys that are in transition of the sabermetric stuff with professional baseball. They have that tool, that side of them. And then you have your guys that are not a sense old school, but know the book, right? The, the actual, when you can recruit, when can you talk to this guy? Um, because there's gotta be something learning kids in California away now you got to get them back now how do you get them back well I think you get them back when you make a splash like that I mean oh, yeah Tulowitzki Long Beach State goes for the Trojans I mean that's, I mean his, my- his first his name is Troy I mean that does make sense right. tribute to right. Troy I can read the headline right now Troy right. Tulowitzki TSC yeah I mean hey Rumor mill, but hey, that's what we're doing here. You're my, you're my, you're my baseball insider, man. I, yeah. I love it. Let's let's throw it out there. Plus, I've read that other places too. Yeah, check it's another name, you know. I mean, but it's good. I, I think it's good. Not just you and I talking about it. I think it's good when there's actually news coverage of college baseball coaching. You know. Uh, oh yeah. That was something that was like, you know, that was that was in the dark ages. That was only on telephone conversations. There was never any media coverage about it. So. Um, but I think, yeah, as a whole, I think California baseball still always California is a sought after area to recruit guys. Now it's getting them to stay, not going to Oregon or Arizona state, or, I mean, even you got Glendora's shortstops at Ole Miss, right? So, I mean, what lured him to Ole Miss? Why did Ole Miss recruit yeah, that's, a California kid? That's a Gonzalez kid, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 He just, he just drove in uh, the first run of the game for Ole Miss. Jacob Gonzalez, right? Glendora guy. Jacob Gonzalez. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, in. you know, that to me, you, if I'm a coach in California, you can't lose that guy, right? That, mm-hmm. that, you got to keep that guy here if you, I mean. Well, especially, my- dude, in just in the L.A. areas, L.A., Orange County, think of all of the colleges just in that small radius. I mean, Ole Miss and Mississippi State, uh, two, two big universities in the entire state. There's like, I don't know, eight, nine, ten just in the LA area alone, they play division one have had, then have had good success. So yeah, you can't be losing Southern California uh, baseball players to other parts of the country, but uh, it kind of happens all the time now. Yeah. Now I think you're going to see more of that, right. With the portal, but as far as high school kids go, I think that's where you got to keep them. And if you get the right staff in there and that's where I think Fullerton being one, they're going to keep these California kids. Well, well, here's, here's you know, my, my, my take on, Here's my take on your on your uh, projection is that, you know, what made Fullerton, Irvine, even Long Beach, what made these schools, Santa Barbara, what makes them great is kind of when they're that like team with a chip on their shoulder that no one gives a shot to, especially Fullerton, all their years of success. Um, 
I think with more and more, uh, you know, big stars going to the SEC and other parts of the country, I think it will, it'll take some time, but it'll bring that kind of chip on a shoulder back and, and may, they're going to have some great recruits too. Like, Hey, you get a Mark Kotze or a Kurt Suzuki, like you get those guys in the program, you're going to do great things. But I think with more guys leaving California, it'll, it'll establish a, a bigger chip on the shoulder of the Southern California baseball teams. Uh, absolutely. And I think you're going to see more coast to coast guys with the portal being in play. Um, as far as guys looking for an opportunity, like you said, it's the 10th guy. And maybe that 10th guy at Texas doesn't fit Texas anymore. He feels not fit, but he does fit out West. And I think it only takes a couple guys to change it. But if you go backwards where California baseball was so strong or when it was so strong as a whole, and I'm talking, you're talking Fullerton with no football program, Santa Barbara with no football program, being top dogs in baseball, you know, obviously different eras of Fullerton, Santa Barbara, even Irvine is they would recruit junior college guys. So now because of that portal, the JC guys are kind of the ones in limbo too, as far as there's few, there's only a certain amount of spots at the table, you know, and, and, and they're going to go get a guy that now has opened up nationwide. So it's not just, Hey, I'm staying in the six two six or the Sangre Valley of trying to find a guy that I need on my roster. I can go coast to coast now and find that guy. Yeah. But as a whole, they can't lose guys leaving the state. I mean, you're going to have ones or two, Dudes go, that's fine. But I mean, you look across the country, there's, I mean, we have a kid that we had at Temple City High School who's Paul, uh, his name's Paul Kasanovich. He's at, pitching out of the bullpen for Virginia. Went to ELAC, JC. I mean, it goes all the way to Virginia. And there's a couple other guys that have gone east, you know, the south. So it, to say that they weren't good enough to play in California, I think that's an understatement. Obviously, they're good enough to play Division One baseball. But if you can keep a California kid in California, I think as a coach, you know, that's where it went wrong. It's going, yeah. trying to go outside the box. Well, there's so there's only so many chairs while the music's playing, like you said. And, and, you know, sometimes just being a California kid uh, with the California baseball tradition, you do kind of get, you might get a seat at the front of the table and on an East coast. Oh, this kid's from California. It's almost like you're projected almost better than you are sometimes even. So you might go across the country just to get, uh, just to get a shot. And no, no, I'm with you. I think we're on the same page as far as uh, looking at things in college baseball. And I'm excited. I think college baseball now is probably more popular than it ever has been. It's not, it's not football or basketball, but I think it could solidify its, its spot as, uh, as kind of that, I don't know, that, that, that other tier, that, that number three as far as, plus being affordable for fan, families and fans to get out to games. There's so many options here in Southern California for people to get out and watch pretty good baseball. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's, that's what we were talking about earlier. What's different about the SEC? Those kids in that household are brought up going to those games. Hey, you're one day going to be a hog. You're one day going to be a tiger, right? I mean, that's just <laughs> – but, again, I'm going to date myself, but that's what it was when I was a kid, right? I mean, you you went to a Fullerton game. You went to a SC game or whatever. That's – I want to go here. I want to – you know, um, there's just – I get it. California's a big pond of players, Right. There's a lot of kids that are wanting to have a seat at that table. Um, but I think if, you, if they got back to getting guys, the right guys that fit that style of, of baseball, that's how you create that winning culture. And, it tra- and the thing about college different than pros, but now with that portal thing is you get those guys for four years that you build that foundation up. 
And then the, the new recruits come in, learn that foundation and that structure stays the same. Now you have a lot more moving parts with it and it makes it challenging for coaches, obviously, but California as a whole, I think has the only way I, I should tell you this related to the gas prices. Okay. California baseball is going to go up like the gas prices. I promise you on that. <laughs> Pretty good note to end on right there. Sean O'Leary bringing it, bringing it hard. Yeah. The 700 batting average. I see that written all over these gas stations. I'm like, man, who's, who's hitting 700. Oh no, that's our gas prices. Uh, anyway, it's just some guys ERA. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're in an offensive game now. So ERA for sure. He, he better not be a knuckleballer. That's all I can say. No, no. Sure. <laughs> Sean, I appreciate you coming on, man, chatting baseball with me. Do you have a prediction here as we wrap it up? Uh, I'll tell you right now, Ole Miss is up one nothing on Arkansas in the fifth. The winner plays Oklahoma. Who's your national champion now that we're down to three? All right. Flip a coin. I. It's going to be an SEC school. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say if, if, uh, if Arkansas wins today, they win it. Okay. They were so close a few years ago. So close. Yeah. Remember the foul pop-up he dropped? Yeah. And, uh, I just, I, I think um, it helped you having played in that setting, not in that stadium, having played in that setting when you're playing, it doesn't matter if your back's against the wall, if you're playing and I, I get it, you're wearing and tearing on the pitchers or whatever, but when you're playing and you're hot, you ride that hot hand. OU's had some days off now. So True. I don't know. I, I'm gonna go with Arkansas. If they win. Okay. Now, if, old, if, old, if Ole Miss wins, I'm going to take OU. You take – okay, nice. I, I'm, I'm cheering on the uh, Oklahoma just because I got a little Oklahoma blood on my dad's side of the family. And, uh, I like hey, what Mark McGuire's doing. kid, I think, goes to OU. Oh, does he? I think so. Very nice. I, I haven't uh, seen him on the roster, seen him play or whatever. But, yeah, I can't believe Oklahoma and Texas are going to the SEC. People talk about it in football. I'm like, what about baseball? It's going to be a, a conference of death in oh, two years. Yeah. Yeah, tell me about it, right? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Johnny, great seeing you, man. Let's let's uh, talk baseball more uh, down the road. Uh, give my best to the family and everything. And, uh, hey, happy uh, well, happy summer, but, hey, have a ha- happy Independence Day, man, and I'll talk to you soon. Maddie, thanks for having me, man. Get home safe. I love yes, it. Yes, sir. <laughs> Thank you. Mr. Sean O'Leary, Coach Sean O'Leary, formerly of Temple City High School, former college baseball player, former college, uh, let's see, college, college coach in the summer league, former uh, professional baseball player, my good buddy, Sean. Great talking baseball with him. I love putting our heads together. I think we see things a lot of the, a lot of the same way, and he's been a great friend over the years after uh, meeting a few years back and some summer ball stuff, and now look at us doing multiple podcasts, just talking uh, baseball and uh, moving on in this crazy uh, life of ours. Uh, sorry about the brief rain delay, guys. I don't know what happened. Uh, there was an update on my computer or something. I'm going to try something I've never done before. I'm going to try to merge these two videos into one. Uh, everyone out there, pray pray for me. I'm going to need it. Hopefully it comes out okay. But if not, this will be a part one and a part two uh, that I'll just have to put out separately. But Sean O'Leary, appreciate you, man. I will talk uh, with you very, very soon. And if you haven't had enough of me and Sean, by all means, go check out our podcast back in 2020 uh april 16th to be exact uh we had our first conversation there that was a lot of fun and we'll give you a little more insight into sean's uh, background and some of our interaction guys that'll wrap up this week's episodes on the get home safe podcast i will be back on tuesday breaking down the college world series final uh saturday sunday monday games one two and three game three if necessary of course three game series saturday and monday at 4 p.m sunday at noon 
West Coast times, of course, since we are West Coast people for the most part. Uh, most of my listeners are. Anyway, um, I'll be breaking that down as well as having some other strong opinions about things going on in the uh, crazy uh, crazy world we call life or whatever it is. And uh, I'll have plenty to say on Tuesday about a lot of different things. And then next Friday, July 1st, it's already recorded. It's ready to go. A very, very, very special 4th of July episode. Independence Day, not quite on July 4th, but July 1st. I have a great episode already recorded, ready to go for you guys. Someone who's been on the podcast before, but someone that really helps uh, symbolize America and why it's so great. And just the, the patriotism. Uh, I, I couldn't wait to have this guy back on and I can't wait for you guys to hear about it, uh, hear it next week as well. Guys, that's it for me. Enjoy the college world series. Have a good, good rest of your weekend. I will be back on Tuesday recapping the national championship series, either Oklahoma or Ole Miss or Arkansas, depending on how this game ends up today, but uh, should be a lot of fun either way guys, as always, no matter what you're doing, whether you're out on the town or around in third base, get home safe. Thank you.